Let's turn to Romans again. Romans chapter 10. And we will finish in Romans today. Should I say that or shouldn't I? <laughs> Wonderful portion on salvation as we've been looking at this. We've seen Paul's concern for his people as we ought to have a concern for our people. Fellow Australians, our Jerusalem, our Judea, our Samaria and, uh, and also the other countries, the outermost part of the world as Acts 1.8 tells us. Just like Paul had, if, if every Christian had the zeal of Paul for their countrymen, what would the world be like? <laughs> mm -hmm. A lot of people would be saved, wouldn't they? Um, <clears throat> the Lord do his will through us, open opportunities. The confession of the confusion of Israel about salvation, they work in their way to heaven like so many religious people today work in their way to heaven. We've looked at that. There's a danger, deception, delusion and defiance uh, in defiance. Pray to God, we've been told, for the peace of Jerusalem. And the only way that will come about is if they accept the king of peace, the Lord Jesus Christ. So in essence, you're paying, praying for their salvation. We looked last week at the conclusions of Paul about righteousness. And, uh, for Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. We looked at that. It's very pointed, very powerful, precious, very plain, and very precise and precious too. More glorious, more glorious is the wonderful message of salvation. If the giving of the law, we looked at it last week, was glorious when Moses' face shone, he had to put a veil on, how much more glorious in Corinthians is the gospel of Jesus Christ? And that's what it said, more glorious. Today we go on to the confession of the Lord Jesus for salvation and the cleansing of whosoever believes. Let us pray. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for the writing of these words by Paul, encouraging his own nation to turn to the Lord, to see, as he saw when he was saved, the mistake, the misconceptions he had in his mind and heart and Oh Lord, there are a lot of people in our country today who have misconceptions on how to get to heaven. And I pray that you would waken hearts to the truth of the simple gospel of Jesus Christ that are profound in its effect, eternal in its duration. Lord, that people might be saved and turn to you. And Lord, there are enough people here to have hundreds of people in contacts at work and in family and friends that they can pray for and they can urge to become Christians and, and show them the way of salvation to eternal life. And I pray that we would be urgent to do that in our lives. Lord, that we'll be merciful and gracious to those around us who need the Lord. Lord, we do pray for Brother Damien Davis as he's suffered two deaths in deaths of people that are closest to him and I ask that you would be with him as he does the graveside service we thank you that he's been asked to do that and Lord bless him and his children and the word that will be shared on this coming Friday there at the funeral 
And Lord, we do pray for others that are suffering and those that need our prayers and our missionaries, Lord. Bring them before you and pray your protection in this wild world we live in as they minister your word, which is increasingly becoming hated by the peoples. Lord, that they might be protected and guided by you. Bless the word as it's open today, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> verse 8 is where we had our reading from, is where we take our study from, verse 8 to the end of the chapter, the confession of the Lord Jesus for salvation. <clears throat> Notice verse 8 and what it talks about. For what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thine heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. What is a fundamental necessity when sharing with other people about the Lord Jesus Christ? It tells us in this verse, it talks all about it. The word. <laughs> the word, as it says in Hebrews 4.12, is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Dividing asunder of soul and spirit, it is able to discern. It's the Bible, it's the book, it's the word of God that is so important as we read here. <clears throat> it says in verse 17, just over a bit, so faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It's so important that people hear the word of God. That's what's going to do the saving. That's what the Spirit of God uses to convict a person about their sin, about their need of salvation. Preach the word. If you're going to share the word, and we'll close the service by looking at the little card. If you, It's been put up onto the uh, telegram. You can look at it and take it down and write it in your Bible, where to go to next. Just remember one verse, and then in that book you can go to the next verse, write next, 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 and go through there with leading a person to the Lord Jesus through the word. Not our word. It's God's word that does the work. He convicts of sin and righteousness and judgment to come. The Lord does through his word. As you notice in that verse 8, what saith it? The word is nigh thee. The word needs to be near in our presentation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Nigh thee. The word needs to be in thy mouth. Not only in the person that's talking to others, but also in the mouth of those that are hearing it. Uh, say it. The word confess, we mentioned it on Wednesday night. The word confess means I say the same thing as God says about me. And what does God say about me? About us as unsaved people? Read Romans chapter 1 and 2. And it's not a pretty picture. <laughs> we are all sinners. Well, it concludes with Romans 3.23, doesn't it? For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You've got to begin and have a person realise with the fact that they are sinners. We are all sinners. And we are saved by God's grace as we come to him. The word of God tells us that. In thy mouth. It ought to be there. It has to be in our heart first too, doesn't it? As Christians, it ought to be in our mouth ready to come out, the word of God. The word needs to be, as it says in verse 8, in thy heart. You see, for a Christian, it's already come in. For the person you're talking to who's not a Christian, it needs to be planted in their heart. A change needs to take place in their heart. 
thy word, it says in Psalms, have I, was it Proverbs, I have, have I hid in my heart for the Christian. Why? <laughs> so that I might walk right, live right, and for the, for the opportunity to talk about the Lord. The preparations of the heart belong to man. That's a scripture verse. We need to prepare our hearts. We need to hide the word of God in our hearts. Thy word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Prepare the heart. It needs to be there. It needs to take a, make a change in our lives. And then the word needs to be the word of faith, as verse 8 says. The word of faith. <clears throat> it is a word of faith, isn't it, in John's Gospel. John's Gospel, chapter 20. The Lord's talking here to the disciples and Thomas turns up who wasn't there when they first, the first appearance of the Lord and, and Thomas said I'm not going to believe unless I see him he had to see the Lord with his eyes that he's living you know he'd, he'd been crucified and he'd been put in the grave and Thomas said I don't believe you saw him even though 11 or 10 of them 10 of them said we saw him he's raised no. and then in verse 27 of chapter 20, Then saith he, the Lord Jesus, to Thomas, the doubting Thomas, Reach here thy finger, and behold my hands, and reach here thy hand, and thrust it into my side. Be not faithless, but believing. And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. And Jesus said back to him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. You see, he had to see with his eyes. He said, I won't see, I won't believe unless I see it. And, and then Jesus said this, and this, this is for us. Blessed are they who have not seen with their eyes and yet have believed. Believed. The word needs to be accepted as a word of faith. And we believe having not seen and I pray that you have. And if you haven't, that you will believe. The word needs to be, as he goes on in Romans 10 verse 8, which we preach. There's five points there in that verse. The fundamental necessity is the word of God that comes into us, that dwells in us, and we memorize it and we can share it out. But it's which we preach. Go over to chap same chapter, verse 14 of Romans 10. How shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? How shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? The word of faith which we preach. Do you as a Christian who has eternal life living inside preach? You say, you're the preacher. I'm not. It's everybody that has become a Christian who has the word of God, who preaches the word of God. The preacher, how, how shall they? How can people understand what God is a, has done and what the Lord Jesus has done on their behalf unless somebody tells them? We need to preach the word. What did Paul say to Timothy? Preach the word, be instant, in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exalt, with all long-suffering and doctrine. Preach the word. That's what's going to make a difference. Difference, you know? It's good to have a nice story. It's good to have an illustration uh, from... from life now but it's the word that we need to preach fundamental necessity and if you get to the back of it all 
Who is the Word? <laughs> what does John say in John 1 1? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Who is it talking about? Well, in John 1 14, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt amongst us. That's the Lord Jesus. He is the living Word. Uh, that's why he could say, Drink of me, eat of me. It's not nor on his physical body, it's taking in what he has said. He is the Word. That's a fundamental necessity. If the Word is not preached, if the Word is not in your heart, it needs to come, but it needs to be preached by you to people who are not Christians. <clears throat> yeah, a poem is good, but the Word is more important. <laughs> a story is good, but the Word is more important. It needs to be back to the book, <laughs> back to the Word of God. Verse 9, the wonderful possibility. We find here from the fundamental necessity to the wonderful possibility that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him, Jesus, from the dead, thou shalt be saved. saved. I mean, it's put simply. <laughs> Let's not confuse it. Thou shalt be saved. That's a wonderful possibility. And what are the two steps in that verse to coming to realise this wonderful possibility? Confession of Christ that he is, he has always been and always will be the reality of the Lord Jesus Christ and the authority that he has to provide salvation for us and the authority of his word. We come under him. We, Philippians 2, humble ourselves and come under him. As he humbled himself and become a man, we need to humble ourselves and come under his authority. Uh, the reality of it is we haven't seen but we believe by faith and without faith Hebrews tells us it's impossible to please him he that cometh to God must believe that he is and he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him you've got to come that way no other way we're not going to have something we can show you we're going to, we're going to show you from the book from the word this is how it has it's impossible to please God without coming to him by faith. <clears throat> you must believe in what is said in the scriptures. It's a historical fact. It's there. The world denies it. But because they deny it and the majority of people deny it doesn't mean it's not true. It is true. It is true. The wonderful possibility. Confess the Lord Jesus Christ. Say the same thing that God says about you and me. We are sinners, we need salvation, and that he is the only way to that salvation and eternity. Uh, <clears throat> and as he said in John 14, I go and prepare a place for you, that where I am, there ye may be also. Heaven awaits those who believe. That's the promise. Yeah, and, and Romans 8 really goes to goes to town on that we have a security we have God's promise that we are secure to get there the wonderful possibility the step one confess the Lord Jesus Christ as it says with your mouth that's why it's good to give a testimony to share what God has done and for those who have had a greater change than some others, you know, some are raised in Christian families and, 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 and they've not got into the sins of, the, of this world. Others are saved out of sin, a life of sin. 
And they've got a testimony they can tell other people about. And people can see there's been a change. The testimony after testimony of people who have had a great change in their life. What a wonderful change in my life. I won't see it. Has been wrought since Jesus came into my heart. And when that happens and people see it in your life, well, what's happened to this fellow? What's happened to our neighbour? They're all different. Yeah, that's it. You've become a Christian. You've trusted the Lord Jesus. A wonderful possibility, isn't it? As we confess him and the application and belief on Christ's resurrection in the last part of verse 9, and shall believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead. What's the promise? Simple put. Thou shalt be saved. It doesn't say might be saved or you could be saved in the future or if you work hard enough you will be saved. It doesn't say that. It says confess and believe and thou shalt be saved. This is a message we have for people who are not Christians. And, and, and Paul is giving it to Jewish people who knew their Old Testament, that's all they had then, backwards a lot of them. And he's saying this is the simplicity of it. And can you hear the, the religious leaders of Paul's day? <laughs> you know better, Paul. You were taught under the feet of Gamaliel. He was your teacher. You ought to know better than saying this sort of thing. <laughs> it's too simple. It's not that easy. You, you've got to do this and you've got to do that and you've got to do all these other things to get saved. No, Paul said, this is the way, the truth and the life. The verse behind us. Uh, that we would come to the Lord Jesus, the application and belief on Christ's resurrection. Do you believe he rose from the dead? John does. <laughs> we do. Because if you don't, you're not a Christian. Did Jesus rise from the dead? Yeah, he's the only one of any religion that can claim this truth. Uh, do we have any testimonies that he rose from the dead? Is anyone saw? Did they see it happen? No, but they could see the evidence. Ah, oh, yes. <laughs> he came and talked with them. He walked with them. He visited 500 brethren at once. How many more people do you want to testify to the fact? That's just one, one of the occasions, 500 people in the book of 1 Corinthians 15, that tells us, at once saw the resurrected Lord. And who were the last people to see him before he took off and went back to heaven? <laughs> The disciples there were there in Acts chapter 1. And as he was among them talking, and they said, Lord, Lord, are you going to bring in the kingdom now? They were all excited about the Jewish kingdom. That hasn't happened yet. It's still going to happen. They got all excited. He said, not for you to know, fellows. <laughs> this is not your business. Your business is Acts 1.8. He said it after it. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, on the outermost parts of the world, take the gospel. And then he, then he disappeared. And they looked, and the angel comes and said, why are you st staring up into heaven, you know? If you go down the street and say, look, you know what people will do? <laughs> They'll start looking. But they had something to look at. It was the Lord Jesus. He had gone. The last ones to see him before he went back to heaven has been seated at the right hand of God interceding for us he did rise once from that seat and that was the occasion where Stephen was stoned to welcome the first martyr into heaven and Jesus rose in respect to, to Stephen the martyr 
the Lord loves us. He's concerned about individuals, isn't he? He's concerned about Stephen. So the application and belief on Christ's resurrection is a necessity. We haven't seen, but we believe by faith. As many as received him, believed on him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. The literal sim simplicity is verse 10, for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. It reverses what verse 6 says, turns it round the other, well it doesn't reverse, it say the different thing, it just changes the order that it's put. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. You believe and then you confess. Have you confessed the Lord this week to somebody? Have you talked to somebody about the Lord? Now this is talking about salvation, but we need to confess. People aren't hearing because Christians aren't confessing and testifying about the Lord. And I always think, when I think of that, I think of the great white throne judgment, which is at least a thousand and seven years away from now. I believe we'll have a look in on it. And there will be gathered all the people that didn't believe to be condemned to the lake of fire. And there will stand up your neighbour. And if you're in the vicinity, I hope, this is not Bible, but this is just a thought. They could say, he, she didn't tell me. They're there, I'm going to hell. That should have put a weight upon our shoulders. That should put a compassion, a concern for people that the Lord brings. If you, if you take a step and do one, the Lord will open up other doors for you to confess the Lord. Um, I remember when I... <laughs> When I became a Christian, the day I became a Christian, down in Essendon Public Hall and, and Ridley was preaching at the end of it, I just walked up the front. There were others too. That's, in those days, there was people walking up the front <laughs> and confessing the Lord as their saviour. You'll never regret, as I was told, the day you do that. Believe on the Lord Jesus and confess him as your saviour. Believe who is declared to be believe unto righteousness and righteousness is not keeping a tradition a ritual not being baptized it's not keeping a law it's belie believing on what the lord jesus has done confessing salvation as it says in verse 10b unless one is willing to confess that he is a sinner he's doomed to and condemned and christ is who he claimed to be and did what he said he did, he is doomed to hell. Let's just warn you from Scripture of a few of these things. And it's in the book of Second Peter I go to first, in chapter 2 and verse 20 it says, For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world, through the knowledge of the Lord, they understand, they hear the word from somebody, and Saviour Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in it. They hear it, but say no, and they're overcome by their old life, the latter end is worse with them than the beginning. For it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than after they have known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. 
But as it has happened unto them, according to the true proverb, the dog is turned to his own vomit and the sow that was washed to her wallowing in the mire. Don't hear the word and reject the word. There's a severe warning. You go back to like the dog and the pig, it says there, back to the old life when you had within your grasp the Lord Jesus Christ. You had the opportunity to believe. And if someone's listening on the internet, if you've had the opportunity to believe and you've rejected, but now you're having another opportunity, take it while you can. Believe now. For today is the day of salvation. Don't put it off. Don't say, well, but what about my friends? What about this? And what about that? So what about all that stuff? <laughs> all this world is going to burn up and perish. But eternity is eternity in heaven with God. Believe now. The simplicity, the warning of this. In, in Hebrews it also warns us, for it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted the heavenly gift. You know when mum's done the cooking and you come in, you don't even have to taste it. You can smell it and your taste buds... <laughs> and when you're taking a bad medicine, you close your nose so you can't smell it and if hopefully it doesn't taste it and it goes down. <laughs> but taste the good word of God. If you're hearing it, maybe for the first time or the second or third time, yeah, taste the heavenly gift. You say, that is wonderful eternal life by believing on what Jesus has done and we're made partakers of the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit comes in and he's can I come in can, can I come in tasted the good word of God and the powers of the world to come what a wonderful thing if you believe if they shall fall away oh no that's is they, they say no to what has been spoken to them about to renew them again to unto repentance. They're right at that point of repenting, believing on the Lord Jesus, seeing they crucify to themselves a son of God afresh and put him to an open shame. Oh, don't do that. And one more, and it's very important on this warning, John 12, 42. Nevertheless, among the chief rulers also, this is in Jesus' day, many believed... Well, that sounds wonderful, doesn't it? Great. Many believed on him. But, there's a big but, but because of the Pharisees, they, would, they did not confess him. Huh? You see, you can have a head knowledge about it, but it has to go to the heart, down, what, 300 millimetres or something. It has to go from what you understand with what you're hearing to believing with your heart. They did not confess him lest they should be put out of the synagogue. I wonder about those people now. They've been in hell if they didn't truly confess him later for 2,000 years. If we could get one of them coming back, and we can't, and stood them here, and speak out to us in English, please, <laughs> what would they say? What would they say? Well, we have a record of somebody that went there, don't we? And they were tormented in this flame. And they said this. Can somebody, Abraham, can you say, because Abraham was dead and he was in, in paradise and this other was in a great, great golf fix and he was in hell. 
And he said, can you send somebody back and tell my brothers and sisters about the Lord because they don't want to come to this place? For it's eternal, it's everlasting, and it's painful. Where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. Christianity can make a... Bible-believing Christians can make a difference as we share the word. And it makes a difference in your life for all eternity if you believe. They love the praise of men. Oh, aren't you a good chap? You come to the synagogue. You come to church. No, that's not what we should be looking for. We would rather have the praise of one, the praise of God, as we confess and believe on him. That's in John 12. The simplicity of it, but the warning that we have there. The cleansing of whosoever believes, verse 11. For the scripture saith, whosoever believeth on him shall not be... (coughs) Shall not be ashamed. (coughs) For there is no difference between Jew and the Greek. The same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. The cleansing of whosoever believes. <laughs> the joyful perceptibility is verse 11. For the scripture saith. Where does the scripture say? Well it says the same thing over in the book of Joel in the Old Testament. The whosoever bit. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. That's in the Old Testament too. They could believe and we can believe today on the Lord Jesus. They look forward, we look back to the Lord Jesus. It tells us in John 5.39, Search the scriptures, for in them ye think ye have eternal life. What scriptures were around when that was written? Well, it wasn't John's gospel because he was writing it. It was the Old Testament scriptures. Search the scriptures. And today we have the extra, the New Testament. Search the scriptures, if these things be so. If, you don't have to believe what the preacher says, but believe what the Bible says. And go and check it out for yourself and be more noble like those in... The Thessal- Thessalonica, was it? Yeah, or who? Berea, Bereans, yeah, it was the Bereans who were more noble than those in, Thess- oh, than those in Thessalonica in that they searched the scriptures whether these things were so. Go home and check it out for yourself. Read it for yourself. If you're listening on the internet, go home and, well, you are home. (laughs) Check it out for yourself. Check it out. The joyful perceptibility. We perceive, the light comes on, a ding, you know. They do those adverts on TV and then afterward they have a a light bulb out of a box and it goes ding. You know, the light comes on. Oh, I should buy that. No, no. (laughs) You should believe this, but the light should come on. And as Roy Brereton said, the penny dropped (laughs) yesterday to me, talking about somebody. 2 Timothy 3.16. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. All the Bible. And is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction and for instruction in righteousness. Search the scriptures. The joyful perceptibility we perceive what God has done. As it says in, Whosoever believeth in him shall not be ashamed. That's the truth. 
as I was told when I believed that night, Dad said to me, you know, you'll never regret the decision you've made today. For there is no difference between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich unto all them that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So the universal possibility, whosoever, Jew, Greek, Gentile, and as we sing in Sunday school, red or yellow, black or, I'm going, going, the tune won't come. Red or yellow, black or white, all are precious in his sight. Jesus died for everybody. There's no racial discrimination with the Lord Jesus. He was probably an olive color himself, as Jewish person would be. And um, <clears throat> not all of them are now, but red or yellow, black, you're all welcome. And you can see the, or hear the ira of the Pharisees. How dare you welcome the Gentiles who are not Jews to this, <laughs> this wonderful feast, salvation, and being part of God's family. Paul said, yep. John said, yes. All the writers of the New Testament said, yes, it's possible for all people. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth. The universal possibility. We'll close with a bit more on that. But then the personal opportunity in verse 13. Well, verse 12, he's rich, rich unto all that call upon him. As we say, who's the richest in the world nowadays? I don't follow them, but who are they? Who, who is it? Elon Musk. Billionaire. And they're talking about one of them becoming a trillionaire, you know? A trillion. Australia's GDP for the whole year turnover is just under $2 trillion. Imagine one person having half of that. That's just our turnover. That's what they've got in the bank. You getting envious? Don't. What does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul in hell? But God is rich. You're rich if you've believed on the Lord Jesus. If you've confessed with your mouth and believed in your heart, you are rich because you're one of God's children, sons, and you'll live with him and we will live with, we will live with him forever and ever and ever and ever. I mean, what more do you want? The earth is burnt up. It's fried. It's crisped. It says that in the Bible. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Well, <clears throat> the personal opportunity, verse 13. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I think this is one portion of scripture in Romans that uses that word, whosoever. There's other portions of scripture. Where would you think to go to to say, here it is, here's whosoever again. Do you know your Bible? <laughs> the word is neither even in thy mouth. John's gospel. And I just quoted John three sixteen. did we not? <clears throat> the immensity of the work. Whosoever. Uh, who does that include? Everyone. That's everyone. How many people live on the planet? Eight billion plus and counting. Whosoever, that's every one of them, can come. It's the universal opportunity and possibility. The immensity of the work, whosoever. The word whosoever is used 181 times in the Bible. 
84 times in the Old, 97 times in the New Testament. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And in John chapter 3 and before verse 16, verse 15 also says that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life. There's a, there's a whosoever there and there's a whosoever in verse 16 and in chapter 4 of John and verse 13 and 14. It's used twice there. Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again to the woman at the well. She'd lived a bad life. She'd had many husbands. You know, the Lord said, uh, where's your husband? And, oh, you haven't had one. You've had how many? What does it say? Five. Verse 18, you've had five husbands. But the Lord was talking to this woman and the apostles, the disciples, when they come back. What are you doing talking to her? Huh? She's one of the whosoevers. That's why I'm talking to her. <laughs> and we can do that too. We can talk to whosoever because it's offering to all the, the message of salvation. Whosoever drinketh this, this water, said the Lord Jesus to her, who had five husbands, shall thirst again if you drink of the well. That's just water, physical. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst, but, but the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Take a drink from the Lord spiritual drink <laughs> believe confess receive and you have that water that jesus promised to that woman at the well and it's eternal it's eternal so the immensity of the work whosoever the simplicity of the act shall call have you ever been in a position where you've been in danger something happened an accident and you help you know <laughs> just call help Lord you can save he can save <clears throat> did somebody do that and they went to heaven just like that it's in the Bible remember the thief on the cross the two thieves on the crosses next to him and they both were deriding him but at some point one of them said wait a minute <laughs> I'm done <laughs> you know, this is the end of the road, the road for me and he turned to the Lord Jesus and said to the Lord Jesus, Remember me when you come into your kingdom. And what did Jesus say to him? He couldn't do a thing. He's nailed to a cross. He's dying. He's half dead, as it were. Today, Jesus said, you'll be with me in paradise. That does away with all religion, all rituals, all traditions, doesn't it? Today, you're going to be with me in a, in a couple of hours maybe less you're going to be with me in heaven <laughs> the simplicity of the act the thief on the cross the sufficiency of the person upon the name of the Lord for whosoever the immensity the simplicity shall call and the sufficiency upon the name of the Lord we go to Hebrews and talk about the sufficiency of the Lord Jesus his blood has paid for your sins and my sins. His death, his resurrection for our justification. He is sufficient. Nothing, no one else is sufficient. The sufficiency of the person, call upon the name of the Lord and the surety of the word shall be saved. Shall be saved. <clears throat> if you're in the book of Romans, chapter 3, 
And this is what we call a Roman's road. You know, there's a broad road that leads to destruction. There's a narrow road that leads to life. Well, here's one of the roads. You can find a road in John, Hebrews, Revelation, 1 John, Isaiah, and Romans. And this is what we're looking at, Romans chapter 3 and verse 10. It says, as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. You have to show a person that they're unsaved, they're sinners. And verse 23 concludes in Romans 3. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That's the first aspect. And the second is in chapter 6 and verse 23. You see, you're right next to chapter 3, 23, next, Romans 6, 23. And then you can go there and read that then to people. And it says, for the wages of sin is death, eternal death in hell. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. See, you show them that the judgment of sin is coming and they need to believe now. In Romans chapter 5, you put next, Romans 5 and verse 8, it says, that's chapter 6 and chapter 5, verse 8, but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. It, it gives a light, it gives a hope, the possibility <laughs> Now Jesus can save us because he died for us. And then Romans 10, 9 to 10 that we've just gone through. And then you can give them assurance <clears throat> from Romans also in Romans 8. What shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? And verse 35, what shall separate us from the love of Christ? Nothing, nothing. He goes, he talks about angels, principalities, spirits, all sorts of things. Nothing can separate us. <clears throat> You can come to the Lord now by believing as a sinner on the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you that for the plainness and simplicity you've given. A child can understand this. We adults throw the roadblocks in our own way. We trip ourselves up by our preconceived ideas and what we think it should be. But you tell us, and a child can understand it, if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart, we shall be saved. May you call a person home today to yourself and they become one of your children as they believe by faith. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen.